Hello couple, my name is Namira Wan and I am in 10th grade. I am a staff photographer on the Sidekick and you're listening to Plugin In Sports Podcast. Today we have a guest on our show, I would like him to introduce himself. Hello, my name is Sajid Jailani, I'm a 10th grader at CHS and that's about it, let's get down to it. All right, so today, I mean, usually I will do all things sports, but since we're in the preseason for NFL and MLB and not very interesting right now, we're going to start, we're going to talk today specifically about NBA. So first Mm -hmm. thing we're going to talk about is obviously we're uh, we're in Dallas, so we love the Mavericks. So I think we're going to have like a small segment about the Dallas Mavericks. So uh, so I just started us off. Yeah, the Mavericks have been somewhat surprising this year. Losing Jalen Brunson really hurt them, and the standings show that too. Sixth place is very lucky considering all the stuff that's happened to them so far. They're bottom 10th in defense, and they haven't looked like a good team for the majority of the season. But they're in sixth place, and they've got a two-game winning streak, so that's got to prove something. Yeah, let's see if we can continue that, obviously. So, yeah. um, obviously, huge, if you don't know, huge trade. We acquired Kyrie from Brooklyn, and we sent Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie along with three picks, uh, like two seconds and one first, something like that. Um, but what do you think about that, the Kyrie trade and all of that, working with Luka, how he's been paired up with Luka, what he's been doing when Luka's not on the floor? As for the actual trade itself, let's go into that. I feel like it was a very good trade. Josh Green last year was not that important in the Mavericks rotation. For him to be in the rotation this year, basically not exactly takes away Dinwiddie's need or Dorian Finney-Smith's need, but like it's much easier to give him away now that you have Josh Green in playing defense, being a huge part of the rotation. Spencer Dinwiddie is a lower version of Kyrie Irving, so the actual trade was pretty good in my opinion. As what happened after it, this will surprise you. Kyrie Irving's record with the Mavs without Luka Doncic playing is 3-0. He is undefeated while Luka sits. It's the record where both of them play where I really want to watch. They're 3-6, and six, which is something to keep in mind. That's something that's going to be better with time, obviously. But how much time is the question? How much time do you really have when it's the end of the season until Luka and Kyrie start playing well together? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, would uh, think that um, when we were trading, I, obviously uh, the Nets had their own accusations, acquisitions, but um, why, what if we had traded Tim Hardaway Jr. instead of Dorian Finney-Smith? Would we be in these clutch time scenarios still, like as many as we have look, been, being second in look, the league in clutch minutes? That's not going to happen. We, we're not going to get away with trading Hardaway and Dinwiddie and getting Kyrie Irving back. On the, off tra- on the hypothetical that the trade went through, yes, we would be so clutch because Hardaway is a streaky shooter. He's not exactly a clutch shooter. And if we replaced, what would you say, Dinwiddie or Dorian Finney-Smith, we replaced him. We replaced Dorian Finney-Smith so we have the defense. Right. Well, Dorian Finney-Smith, in my opinion, has hit more clutch shots than Hardaway. Now, obviously, Hardaway's had clutch games where Luka was out. He has 40-point outbursts. He has times where he's gone hot, gone five, six threes in a game. But, like, what I'm speaking is how many clutch points does he have when Luka's on the court. Mm. Dinwiddie, 
well, sorry, Dorian Finney-Smith has had a lot of clutch buckets, quite a few game-winning threes. I remember the one he hit against Washington last year, which was huge. Mm. So I don't have any game in mind where Hardaway's hit a clutch three or a clutch layup or clutch free throws for that matter. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but trading him instead of Dorian Finney-Smith would have been a boost in terms of our clutch defense, clutch offense, and everything. Hardaway, in addition, dribbles a lot, and he's not a very good dribbler at it. So yeah, it would have been much, much better if we traded Hardaway. Not trying to say that he's bad, but it would have been much more beneficial if we'd given him away instead of Dorian Finney-Smith. So um, I think that's it about it for the Mavericks. One final thing yeah. before we go off. Uh, how about Maxi two days ago? That clutchness. I mean, I just yep. I jumped when I saw that. That was absolutely insane. I wasn't expecting that. Like I was so in shock from seeing Maxi Clever knock down a shot that I was like just stationary. I was just in shock, not even moving. But it was before that. That was the part that had me jumping out of my seat. He's a 58% free throw shooter for the season. And the game is somewhat in hand, but the Mavericks are losing. He needs to make every single one of those free throws to make it count. And he mm. makes three free throws in a row as a 58% free throw shooter for the season. That is more clutch than the actual shot, in my opinion. But because I mean, if those free throws his... don't go in. The shot isn't there. Yeah, but before if you see it before his injury, he was actually knocking the stuff down. He wasn't like just your average seven footer that just defends and block shots and just does all that. He is For a sure. consistent like before his injury, he was a consistent three uh, three point shooter who we could rely on. But um, yeah, yeah, I think that's just like about it for the Mavericks. I don't want to take up the entire time on the Mavericks, obviously. Okay, so one more topic before we end. We're going to we're gonna actually do two. We're going to have who is the team to be in the East or the West? And, uh, and the West, sorry. And why? I would say probably the Bucks. For me, it seems like someone's been injured more or less throughout most mm. of the season. Chris Middleton, Holiday, Giannis. Giannis been injured for a while. But... If all because like we haven't seen them play together for that long this this season, and we've already known what they could do. Two season ago, two season ago, they won championship, right? Giannis was the main deciding factor. Chris Middleton, tough shot maker. Drew Holiday, mm-hmm. one Lockdown. of the best yeah. defensive guards. So, I think it would be great to see the Bucks go to the finals again. They're definitely deserving of it, but they're not the most. Like, the only deserving team. There's obviously the Celtics. There's the mm. 76ers. You know, there's other teams out there. But I guess yeah. I think the team to beat is definitely the Bucks Because we've seen the Celtics at their best, the best, but they've gone down. We've seen the 76ers get it together. They started off not that mm. good, but they're getting it together. James Harden's becoming a true facilitator. Joel Embiid is right now averaging the most points per game. But... Yeah, but... They're going places. I think that uh, as far as the East goes, I would say that the um, Sixers could be the team to be if James Harden and uh, Joel Embiid stay healthy as long, along with Tyrese Maxey. If they all stay connected and healthy, they could be the team to be in the East. Because 
Uh, as as the standings stand right now, there are the Bucks at one, Celtics at two, and Sixers at three, right? If I'm not mistaken, obviously. Yeah. But um, they they will be three of the top four seeds, and so what happens is is that it's a one eight two seven three six type of thing. So we're going to see one or the other team play in the semifinals. If not, we're going to see uh, all of them play each other somewhat. Well, slight now the seventy six. I'm pretty sure are second. They overtook the Celtics. The Celtics are third. Oh, I see. Yes, yes, seventy six are second. They they overtook the Celtics. They have a better winning percentage right now. I see. But same amount of games back of the Bucks. That makes sense. And so, all right, what about the West? Who's the team to beat in the West? Do you want to say it or not? <laughs> because I think it's the Suns. I don't know a single team that wants to play the Suns. Kevin Durant is injured. It doesn't matter. That's one doesn't thing. Matter. He's going to be back in the playoffs. Yeah. He's going to be back in the beginning of the playoffs. They just said beginning. We don't know when that beginning is. First game, second game, third game of the first series. We don't know. But that. does it really matter? And that could play. If he comes yes. back, as long as Devin Booker continues his scoring tear that he's been on for the past, what, seven, eight games, and as long as CP can do something, something, anything at all. Has CP doing something? <laughs> Has CP been doing something recently? But it's like uh, the uh, them along with Cameron Payne and then uh, Josh Okogie, surprise player this year. All of them, if they pitch in, mm-hmm. they could all be like super successful without Kevin Durant. Once KD comes back, he's just another factor that elevates them from uh, this amount of contending to this amount of contending. And so that is really the biggest See, point. The one thing that's holding me back from saying the Suns is their game against the Mavericks earlier. I know they won. The Suns did win against the Mavericks. But that was because Luka Doncic missed a wide-open layup. Other than that, it was a really close game between what was then a pretty okay mid-team versus the Suns with all their best players. But obviously, obviously the Mavs KD have... was only there. This was his third game or something, give or take? No, he played good. He played really good. He shot very good from the line. He shot very good from the field. He's probably not going to play that... I mean, he's he could play that good again, theoretically, but that's not a game you can replicate easily. Mm. So what I'm trying to say is that the Mavericks are not the team to beat, and yet they gave the Suns, who are at full strength, a run for their money. So there are so many other teams out there that would play better than what the Mavericks play like, and they could just as easily win against the Suns consistently. That's what I feel mm. like. And we're not even beginning to take into consideration the lower teams that just have you know been injured. The Clippers, the Warriors, those are two teams that have been injured for a while. I don't know about the Warriors. Think Even about uh, it. Steph came back and they're on a ten-game losing streak for uh, on the road. It's just it's very bad season for the Warriors, and still somehow they're Look, fifth they, they, or seventh. They are bad. They're bad on the road, right? But they still have the same players from last time. They have Gary Payne, Stephen Curry, Andrew Wiggins, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kevon Looney. Yeah. They have Jordan Poole. Like they have the same rotation they had last time. And obviously the other teams also improved while the Warriors kind of stood still, if you look if you look and think about it. So that probably will be the reason why they don't be the top team to beat. But they're a team that can make noise in what the What about playoffs. They definitely the Nuggets, can. Jokic and the Nuggets? We got to look at their track record in the playoffs. Obviously Jokic has played good one time mm-hmm. in the bubble. But other than that, every time he's been in the playoffs, he's not exactly been that guy for his team i mean obviously he had less help against the warriors last season but still losing four to one 
that's not a team I have confidence in. Even if they were missing Jamal Murray. All right. So okay. I just don't. Who's your team to beat then? You might call me crazy, but I'm gonna call it Sacramento Kings. They have everything going for them right now. They have a big that can pass. They have a guard that can. I mean, they have De'Aaron Fox. They have a guard that can somehow make threes. They have a guard that can make mid-range. They have a guard that can play defense, get steals. They have a guard that can do everything. I will admit they have... They're a, dynamic yeah, duels. They, they have a very fast-paced team and a, the clutchest player in the league by far. By far. Exactly. But, it's not even a close competition. But if you look at any of the past uh, games where they have faced top teams, they need De'Aaron Fox to come up clutch. Every time I see... Uh, a game against a top five seed in either the East or the West. They're going, world's clutchest player does it again. World's clutchest player does it again. And I'm like, if what if in the playoffs, he can't handle that pressure. He can't handle being able to go out there and perform and put 40 points on the board every night. Who is their secondary option besides Domas? Because if you think about it, their two scores besides Kevin Herter is... Uh, um, Mm-hmm. De'Aaron Fox and uh, well, they have Demonis. They have Malik Monk, don't they? He went for forty points off the bench one day. One I mean, day, one day. That's the, that we just had this conversation. It's one day. It, can they replicate it? Can they go forward into the playoffs after not having a playoff in sixteen, I mean, no fourteen years, and then win? Can they win? Can they handle that pressure? Because they haven't been in so long that the pressure just right. builds. It's like an atomic bomb. It just builds until it just rips. My only thing is that their pressure was there since the start of the season. They had to play good with De'Aaron Fox and Domantas Sabonis. The pressure has already been there, at least in the regular season, and they seem to come up clutch with it. They seem to be playing much better than we anticipated and a real contender. My whole thing is, you're right, they don't have experience in the playoffs. They might not do good just because they're in the playoffs, but theoretically, I still feel like they're the team to beat. Mm. The Grizzlies... I don't. I don't know. Much they about have them yet. discipline issues and all that. Well, we're yeah. not gonna get into that. Uh, that was a good segment, Sajid. Thank you for being here. Obviously, yeah. as usual. Yeah, no problem. Uh, we'd love to talk about NBA. We'll have another podcast sometime soon, so stay tuned. Any questions? Comment below. We'll see it. Uh, we'll answer it. And um, yeah, thank you. Yep. Thank you.